Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of No Funkin' Strictly Munkin', the only podcast that could spend its time funkin', but would much rather devote its energy to munkin'. I'm on your co-host, Jay Christie, joined as always by Andre Barrera. Andre, how are you? Uh, hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, you know, as I was just saying to you, uh, I'm moved up to New York in my new apartment, so if you hear any sirens or honking, that is just kind of what happens. Uh, in Manhattan as we, not Manhattan, sorry, in New York as we covered in Mr. Monk Takes Manhattan. I'm not in Manhattan, unfortunately, um, but you, you, you hear sirens all the damn time. Anyway, we're not here to talk about sirens. Um, here to talk about a little monk. Mr. Monk gets fired. Um, what do you think? Um, it was sad. Uh, that made me sad. Uh, but aside from that, it was like, it was okay. It was all right. I agree. I think this is a pretty middle of the road episode. There's stuff I really like in it. And there's stuff I really don't. Um, I think that you're right, that the stuff that's sad, I think, is the stuff that works okay. It, it feels kind of half-baked, a lot of the going into how Monk feels begging fire. There's, like, the scene with him and Strona is really good, but I think a lot of it up to that, um, feels kind of empty. Like, where he's on a walk, it just doesn't, it doesn't, you don't actually know what, um, what the whole point of it is. But anyway, as I take a sip of my Sprite, I'm uh, obeying my thirst, as you pointed out. Um, Spicy. It is spicy, yes. See, see, I told him that that was a bit I do, where I said that Sprite's spicy, and he said it was stupid, and then when we start recording, he <laughs> uses it, which is great stuff. <laughs> but, um, anyway, there's a lot to talk about with this episode, because there's a lot of different balls in the air at the same time, because it's not just um, him getting fired. Like, him getting fired is the top-line thing of the episode, but there's a, a bunch of different storylines yeah. going on. Honestly, summarizing it was, like, kind of a bitch. Yeah, I got it. I, I mean, don't worry. I, you, I do most of it anyway, so it's all good. Um, uh, and, sorry, he, uh, Andre's typing something into his gadget watch. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so we start off with a, someone splashing into a pool, you know, like every good, uh, episode, and it is a, uh, 20-something girl of Eastern European descent, and you just know, there's no doubt in your mind she's getting murdered, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Um, but like, dude, I was not thinking uh, Baltic at all. I, she sounded Hispanic to me. I mean, I the actress is, I believe, of uh, Baltic descent, and I had a good friend in uh, high school who was um, Lithuanian. And it, and it seemed good to you? No, I mean, it seemed okay. It definitely didn't seem out of the ordinary. It didn't. I didn't trip up on it. Um, and like I said, I think the actress is actually of that descent, so I don't um, know. Uh, I don't know, but you know the thing is, you know, you know what it could be. Maybe she, uh, when she first moved to the states, she like lived in like East LA or something like that, and she, she learned English. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I maybe. mean, that would be funny. Um, or the mission. Maybe. Yeah, that is true. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't sure what the Hispanic neighborhood in San Francisco was. Um, thank you. Um, That's one, I guess. Yeah. Um, and she, you know, it's Brennan Elliott is the actor who plays this guy, and I have a note about him. His name's what's uh something Harley, Paul Harley, Peter Harley. Paul Harley? Paul I think Harley. so. Yeah. Yeah, Paul So Harley. I looked up this actor, Brennan Elliott. I put in my notes, he has resting, murdering his mistress face. He, he yeah. just looks so much like a guy who murdered his mistress. It's unreal. Yeah, I just like, oh, why? Why do you have to do this? Why do you have to? Oh, well, because something about his bank accounts, remember? It's, I mean, it's not important. Like, you see that. Uh, I, but like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I guess the thing is, it is important, but also I think that it's a testament to how much of a murderer this guy looks like that... That's only a question you wonder after. At least for me, I didn't really wonder during the episode. It's like, yeah, of course this guy murdered his girlfriend. Like, look at him. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Yeah, he's got a real sniveling weasel face. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, I think when Andy Breckman was on, it was saying how, uh, you know, they're, they always do a lot of episodes because there's always an unlimited supply of guys who are killing the mistresses. Um, it's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so she gets out of the pool, and um, he blindfolds her and takes her into the garage, basically implying that he's going to surprise her with a new car, which, like, rude. Um, yeah. And then he, she takes off her blindfold. Because well, he mentions offhandedly about something now. She threatened to tell his ex-wife about bank accounts. So I'm assuming that it's like he has money, like, somewhere hidden that he's not paying his wife in alimony, his ex-wife in alimony. And so she's going to threaten to to tell her about that. So then he gets less money. He has to pay more now money, I think, is what it is. Uh, you, okay, fuck. I thought I was paying attention, but, like, to me, all she said was, like, she said something like, um... Oh well, yeah, well, don't worry. I wouldn't say anything about the bank. Yeah, um, I mean, I'll, I'm filling bank in blanks. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm okay, completely. Okay. I'm ex- well, because basically, I'm trying to extrapolate. Like, what would the downside be of? Because it's not like you would think normally with a mistress. It's I'll tell your wife that we're che- together. But yeah, yeah, he's divorced. So the bank accounts. Sure. I would think I, the only thing the, the explanation. I'm just you know extrapolating. Now, question I have here is that he she takes off the blindfold and she turns around and he well he grabs a crowbar, not a crowbar. Um. Like a pipe. A tire iron. A tire iron. There we go. Um, and hits her over the head. Why didn't he hit her over the head when she was blindfolded and facing the other direction? Uh, I guess in some sick way he wanted to see her face as he clobbered her. That is true. Yeah. I, that, that's, that is an explanation. Not, not a good explanation. I don't feel good about that, but that is the correct explanation, I think. Um, I mean, considering what he does after the fact, yeah. I think it's within the realm of possibility. That is true. Now, also, why is he dressed like Charlie Sheen in Two and a Half Men? Anyway. Okay, um, yes. <laughs> God, that was just like a, a guy in 2005. Um, it was anyway, a vibe. It was a vibe. Um, and yeah, and the, Monk is very rarely gruesome. And this, there's a moment where I forgot that it does this, where it, you see her get hit over the head and fall on the floor, and we smash cut to hear a chainsaw. What was your thought when that happened? Uh, I was like, holy shit, this has got to be really good. I thought it was like some serial, serial killer episode or something. Unfortunately, no. But I remember that we actually had our... Um, we, when we watched this episode, my cousins were over. One of which is older than me and other younger. And Monk normally is pretty tame. And I remember that my parents were like, really like, oh, yeah, oops. when that Because it's so... Like, this is the most gruesome murder that there is in Monk, I think. I Just, don't think so, man. What? What do you think is more gruesome? Uh, Mr. Monk goes to the circus. Oh, right. I forgot about that. I forgot about Dude, that. Dude, are you joking me? I'll never forget it. Yeah, true. Um, I think the thing is, the headless part, I think, is definitely, uh, but yeah, Mr. Monk goes to the circus. I don't know how I forgot about that. I apologize. That moment is important. Um, yo, literally last night, though, it's mm-hmm. funny that we're, that this happened in this episode because I was watching, uh, the Johnny Depp Sleepy Hollow movie. Mm-hmm. Holds up. Really good. Never good saw movie. it in the first place, but anyway. It's really good. I'm not saying it's not. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, anyway, you're watching it, and what happened? Well, no, it's just oh, like headless, headless shit. Night, oh, yeah, 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 two yeah. two nights. Two back nights to in a row. everyone. Headless. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a great one of my favorite. Uh, it's an absolutely horrible newspaper and organization, but the New York Post's pun headlines are the best in the world, obviously. And there's a famous yeah. one from the '80s, which was when there was a decapitated person found at uh, like a strip club. It was headless body found at topless club. Which is just ah wow that's, one of that's tremendous. It's, um, I mean, I once was just going on, just trying to find. I was I once went like a whole year back, um, 
just reading pun headlines. And the unfortunate thing is, like, every one in three is a pun. One, the other one in three is just, like, a general headline. And then the last one in three is, like, saying really racist about a member of the squad. So, anyway. Um, bad organization. But, uh... So, we cut to the station after the theme song. And our friend Karen is back. Uh, she's making a movie. But it's Cinema Verite. Yes. So... Yes. Um... You know, uh, it's, it's it's a documentary, um, but she makes sure to make the distinction that it's not a movie. Um, yes. Now, I think that this, I think they kind of, um, this, I think they could have done a lot more with this, uh, as a yeah. conceit. In fact, and I, this is not, this is just because when the episode was made, I guarantee you if Monk, if everything in Monk is pushed forward like five years, if it starts in like 2007 instead, I guarantee you that this episode is all through the lens of the documentary. You know what I mean? That's true. Because that was a yeah. thing that show started to do. Yeah. Uh, no, totally. And, no, you're right. Um, I was obviously, I haven't been impressed in the past with her uh, previous work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I don't know. I just, I don't think at this point anyone, or maybe then, people were super interested in seeing, like, the day-to-day of being a cop. Like, is that I mean, interesting Cops is a show. Um, well, yeah, no, but, like, yeah. I know. Okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Sorry, sorry. No, because even, like, if you watch Law & Order, you're not seeing them, like, just, yeah. like, you know, getting chewed out. I mean, I guess you do, but, like, you know what I mean? It's different. Yeah. Those are two different things. Yeah, I guess the idea, I guess the thing is, I think the idea is probably that you point a camera at any job over, like, a week, you're going to get, like, okay. an hour and a half of footage that's interesting. Like, I don't know. I think that that's the, you know, she's just, she's just getting a lot of tape. She's going to go into the film room and chew some tape. Um, and anyway, uh, so... Obviously, as any, you know, anyone who's ever seen any sort of documentary or news thing filmed, she tells everyone to be natural, and they're absolutely not. Like, Stalmar goes over to Chambers and says, like, good work on that robbery. And he's like, yeah, I hate those punks. And he's like, we, yeah. don't, we don't hate anyone. We, we, we try to understand, uh, particularly with the minorities, which... Yeah. <laughs> I mean... I bet in an ideal world, sure, but... Yeah, I, I would like... La- the thing is, you know what? I don't want a great amount of curve, but I'm glad that he's at least thinking about that. But, uh, you know. Anyway, di- uh, Disher comes up that there's a, you know, a break in uh, some more information at the fire at a hair outlet, um, a wig store. Uh, yes. It was definitely arson because there was accelerant. And Randy has a theory about who could have done it. Yeah, he thinks the owner did it for uh, the insurance money. Which our guy uh, Leland informs him that the owner died in the fire. Which that's that's great stuff. I, like, that's yeah. a great Disher theory. <laughs> Especially because it's on camera, so like Leland's trying not to say it. Yeah, yeah. Because normally, you know, he wouldn't mm-hmm. have he wouldn't have any time in the world for that. And then in walks Commissioner Brooks, who I'm just gonna say it. I I, I wrote this note down later, but the actor Sav- Severio Guerra, I don't know how to pronounce that, is. Is an overacting for the, of the century. It is just he is so big and just I I think is I go back and forth on it. It's like it's one of those things where I either think it's really good or really bad. But in this viewing, I'm like it's actually really bad. Like I think it yeah. completely does not fit the tone of the show at all, and yeah. it it isn't. You you're supposed to feel like intimidated by him or like that he has a lot of power. Not intimidated because he's usually short, but like fear his like you know um 
be afraid that he's gonna do something bad for Monk or like if he if he chooses out Stalemate, it's supposed to be a really bad thing, right? But he's so cartoonish, right. it kind of just feels silly. It's like this is not actually that serious. He's a weirdo. No, that's true. And also, like, yeah, as soon as he showed up and it, like, after his first scene, I, I knew immediately that this was going to be my least favorite part of the episode. Yeah. Dealing with this prick. And he comes in knowing he's on camera and basically tells them to stop investigating the hair store fire and start investigating the headless body that was found. Which, like, the police commissioner, police commissioner is not entirely, but an incredibly. One of the main components of it is being the public relations head, basically, with the police. How bad, how dumb do you have to be to be like, I'm going to proclaim the fact that we don't take all of our cases as seriously. Like, they're just so terrible that you're on camera. Yeah. No, absolutely. But And what we end up finding out later is that, you know, they were on the right track by Mm -hmm. following that case anyway, so. Exactly. A little dovetail. Yeah. I mean, that's always great when there's two cases that seem completely... I mean, this one actually has three different crimes that seem completely unrelated that all come together. Um, yep. Which, that's a lesson for all of you uh, amateur sleuths out there. Pick a crime on page one, a crime on page 26, connect the dots. Use as yep. much red wire as you need. Um, or read French newspapers. Oh, we oui, we. Oui. Um, <laughs> so the commissioner's chewing them out like, we, uh, the press is on our ass about this. It's like just so um, over the top. And... Yeah. Then, you know, he's answering questions to a gaggle of reporters, doing the whole, like, this, we're at, like, a important time in the case. We don't we don't want to share our leads yet, yada, yada, yada. Um, and what happens as he is, uh, is about to get into his car? Oh, yeah. Uh, some guy runs up and just snatches his hat. Yes. He's wearing, like, a fedora of some kind. Um, it looks like crap. I don't like it. Um, yeah, I have a fedora. It looks nice. Okay, I mean, I'll take your word for it. Um, see, this is normally where I my my instincts are saying like you should walk that back, but like my my dad owns a fedora and he wore it when I was down in Florida. I still don't, don't think it looks that great. Not just not a fan of fedoras. It's not. Uh, I don't think there's anyone who could pull it off. Um, you don't really wear hats though, so you. Don't I mean, I it. did. I wore hats a ton. My freshman and sophomore year of college, I wore a hat almost every day because I had my hat collection of teams that don't exist anymore, and I wanted to show off that I was quirky but also like sports. But, um, which is, of course, why I'm wearing an XFL t-shirt right now, um, because some things never change. Um, <laughs> I, I need to go to hell. Like, I just, someone needs to stop. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like a Wes Anderson character. Don't, uh, don't put that on me. I'm not that <laughs> I like technology, and I, um, you know, don't like old furniture and, uh... Do you like vinyl records? No. Okay. I'm not, yeah, I'm not a Wes Anderson character, um... Yeah, I, uh, anyway. Uh, what was I going to say? That you completely threw me off my game. He threw, um, he took the hat. He took the hat. Yes, he took the hat. And, you know, in the beginning of track, he notices, the commissioner notices that, uh, you know, Captain and uh, Disher and Monk and Shrona are over by, or over on the side. And he walks over them and he's like, what are you guys still doing here? Like, as if them leaving a minute earlier is going to, this is, it just, I don't know. Yeah. And, um, Stammer's like, you know, uh, Mr. Monk? And you learn that uh, apparently the last time you saw him, as the commissioner puts it, he was lying about one of his friends. Yes. So he already has it out for Monk. Yes. Uh, what, what was the situation, though? Uh, he testified uh, against his friend, I think, Joe Murata. John Murata. Like I don't know why. John I didn't, I didn't write down the murderer's name, but I wrote down that. Yeah. 
and uh, and so basically Monk uh, discovered that he had planted the evidence in the case, mm-hmm. and he testified saying yeah. so. And this guy, uh, the commissioner, they don't even say his name, right? It's I Commissioner get it Brooks. At all. It's an, you know, okay. It's, it's Commissioner Brooks. Okay. Uh, Which yeah, I must he, to say, he is not a Brooks. He is like no. a Commissioner Diabruzzo or something like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so he has it out for him, and he's you know that's what Monk is going to have to overcome yeah. in this episode. Because apparently Monk is starting off with two strikes, which is, once again, Correct. like, you're the commissioner of the police, you can't just be out here saying shit like, you're, I, you have two strikes against you because you testified against a dirty cop. Like, I understand that I that's mean, the way, I understand that that's the way the world actually works, and this is, like, the whole problem that we've been talking yeah. about. But, like, still, it is kind of like, Jesus Christ, man, like, keep it down. To be fair, the third strike is really fucking bad, It though. is. Yes, of course. Yes, I, I, I agree. So we're at the medical examiner's office, played by Scott Adsit, who means nothing to you because you don't watch the. I Rock hate Thirty Rock. No, I know he's in it though. Yeah. He also, I believe, is the voice of Betamax in Big Hero Six. I don't watch a lot of animated movies, so um, I, that's just off of memory. Uh, I've never seen that, so sure. Yeah, I, I haven't seen Big Heroes one through five, so I don't, you know, want to skip it. I know. Sorry, that's a layup. I wasn't going to make it until you responded about Big Hero Six again. It's like, well, I have, a, I have a second crack at it. Uh. Um, and so Monk makes some observations about the victim. She's at least 26, and she's from one of the Baltic states. And she was killed by a mountain climber who's left-handed. Which, that is some, <laughs> this is like full Sherlock Holmes shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. I was why, very impressed. Wh- okay, why, why is she at least 26? Uh, because she had an, immuni- uh, an immunization scar from uh, smallpox, I Smallpox, think? which was done smallpox, in the Baltics yeah. until 1978, which according to IMDb Trivia, not true. Estonia did it up until 1988, but whatever. Um, Estonia? Estonia. We're talking about Lithuania, homie. Well, no, I, I understand that, but he just says Baltic states, so at the time he doesn't know that. Okay, he says fine. all the Baltic states. Yeah. I, I believe me, I know my Baltic states. Um, anyway. Uh, the only Baltic I know is Baltic Avenue in Monopoly, baby. Setting up hotels. Wow. I mean, man, I'm so bad at Monopoly. I don't even. I just. I, I mean. You get like 700 bucks per, if you have a hotel. It's nothing. I, I know, I know. I play Monopoly. It's just like, I, and here my thing about Monopoly, I don't like Monopoly because it puts, lays bare how one of my great deficiencies is I am almost completely incapable of making any decision with, like, my financial future in mind, where it's just like, I could, like, this will give me more money later, but it's more money now, so I'm not going to do it. It's like a fucking idiot. Um, anyway. All right. So, and uh, the mountain, mountain climber, because, like, the knot, I think, is, like, a mountain climbing knot. And it's, I didn't catch that. Yeah, and it's tied in such a way that it would be a left-handed person. Great stuff from Adrian. Um, yep. And as he's doing this, he's cleaning off the Emmys. Who you, he, I don't think he's named in this episode, but he returns. His, his name is Gordo, which I love. That's great. Yeah. I think it's something Gordon, but you could call him Gordo. Um, Shout out to Lizzie McGuire. Um, see, that's a show I haven't watched. Uh, so, anyway. Um, somehow... Just with clean, cleaning the keyboard. And I feel like this shouldn't be that easy to do, although Monk does clean the keyboard quite a bit. He deletes all the files on the hard drive. From 1998 to the present day, which, I don't know, 2003, 2004? I think they said 2004. Um, yeah. Which, uh, that's so... It's not that, good. Yeah, warrants a classic not-great-Bob gif. Um, <sighs> yeah. So just, I get it. I, I get it. Yeah. Like, that that's a lot. I mean, we find out later that a lot of those cases are backed up. But however, yeah. what about those cases that were not backed Ex- up? Exactly, yeah. Like, I understand why they don't go into it, because they really shouldn't, because this would completely, like, make the episode feel just terrible. But, like, 
there's a non-zero chance that like a murderer will walk free because Mo got to clean the keyboard. <laughs> like it's not right? likely, but um, yeah, I just man. What, I mean, uh, with the way people are getting murdered in San Francisco, probably that's true. Yeah, that is true. Um, and so we cut to the commissioner talking to Stottmeyer, like, is this true? He laid 10 years of files? Uh, th- th- this man is toast. So he's basically, he's going to fire him from ever working with the department, and he's going to get rid of his private detective's license, which I, it's crazy that he has the authority to do that unilaterally, but whatever. Um, I don't know if he does, but he probably has enough pull to get it done. Yes, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Stottmeyer has a nice moment here where he's like, you can't do that. Um... And he's like, because it's all he has, you know? It will and kill him if you take it away from him. And the commissioner says, he, he, he invents tech speak where he says, N-M-P. What does that stand for? Not my problem. So he's a monster. Um, yep. Just imagine being told, even if he wasn't going to change the decision, imagine being told by someone's like very close friend, if you do this to them, it will kill them. And your response is, that's not my problem. I mean, I suppose so. Yeah. In the same way, like, yeah, I guess it's not your problem, but, you know, you don't have to do it. Um, And Hall of Fame asshole. Yeah, just really a terrible guy. Um, Very glad he gets humiliated at the end of this. He deserves it. Um, And then we see Stahlmeier goes to deliver the news, and you don't hear it. You just see him talking. It's just the music. Yeah, it's really sad music. Um, and you hear, you just see him talking, and you see Monk start to, like, before it fades to black, to go to commercial, Monk literally starts to collapse to the floor, which is like, it's like, Jesus Christ, that's, that's heavy. (sighs) I know. It broke my heart, to be honest. I mean, it, and it should, because it's all he has. Um. Oh, if, like, if he were an alcoholic, he would have definitely, like, been at a bar and, Mm -hmm. like, had that, it's all I have! Mm-hmm, exactly. Oh, my. Yeah, and, and no one wants to listen to him, you know what I mean? And yeah. um, he asked for another well, whiskey meat, and the bartender's like, you sure about that? And then he says yeah. something like, am I paying you to ask me questions or something like that? Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, but Monk is not like that, obviously. Um, so because of the hospital, Monk is just sitting in a hospital waiting room, and we learn it's because Sharon is there. Apparently Monk's been there for an hour, and he's there. He's been there the last few days. Just which, chilling. Yeah, just chilling, which I feel like you need a visitor fast to be in a hospital these days, but whatever. Um, these and, days. Yeah, these days. And as he's there, there's a kid who has two broken arms, who has them forward in like one of those things that, you know, I don't even know how to describe it, but you guys know what I'm talking about. And so he has, this kid has like his arms forward, and as if that's not bad enough, he starts coughing, which obviously, you know, my COVID sensors went up. Um, but yeah. And he's coughing. He's got like a very. He's got a dry cough. It's honestly one of those. It's just a deeply unpleasant cough to listen to. And yeah, it is. It is. It is. And like as it's happening, I'm like okay, this is a bit. Got it. Yeah. So monk, you know, trying to ignore it first, and then he he tries to do something nice. He offers the kid a, co- a cough drop, but he obviously can't put it in his mouth because he'd have to touch his mouth. So what does monk do? Well, first of all. Uh, yeah, so he gets a bunch of cough drops and he starts basically playing cough drop pong. But why is it that all these fucking cough drops are like unwrapped? That seems very I strange. I had to that me. as a note later, and uh, I appreciate you saying it because that is something I wondered as well. They're just just loose cough drops in a bowl. It's yeah, just some real at real, a hospital. 
Yeah, real great uh, hospital administration right there. Um, you know what that you know what that tells me is you know I don't know about that maybe this is just a purely uh, my mother thing, but because hey, not just my mother it's like everyone my mom's friends every every white woman around my mom's age uh, on some level talks about wherever they live. There's always the one hospital in the area that is just like unknown that it's bad. It's like oh you don't go to that you don't, you don't go to that hospital that that's the bad hospital. If if you if you have to if you if if the ambulance picks you up tell them you gotta go to Sarasota. <laughs> This bad, that's the bad. The other one's the bad hospital. Listen, there's like a million hospitals in LA. It's like that's true. But it's like a neighborhood. Is that not a thing you've ever experienced? Because yeah, every mm. everywhere I've ever lived, it's like no. They or like when when I was living in Manhattan, my mom would be like, I've I talked to people. They like she would talk to other people. It's like they say this is the good hospital in this neighborhood. It's like it's a fucking hospital. <laughs> anyway, um, I did have to censor myself from because Sarasota would be the good hospital. That is the good hospital in where my parents live now, and I had to not say what the bad one is. Uh, but anyway, um, hmm. so I don't want to slander it because I think uh, to tell you the truth, I don't actually know if it's bad. Because who the fuck? Why <laughs> would my mom know that? Anyway. Well, I hope um, I'm never in the hospital in Florida. I mean, that's fair. Actually, no. Wait. Um, just to defend my aunt, my state's honor. Uh, Moffitt. Oh no, I'm not even. This oh. isn't even shade at Florida. This oh. is just like I hope I never have to go to the hospital. Oh, okay. So that's what I'm saying. Florida is like, on vacation. The, I was gonna say because like the, one of the top five cancer hospitals in the country is in Tampa. So just no. There's like a ton of old people. I would imagine they have great. Want to stake yeah. up from Moffitt Cancer fair. Center? Shouts. Fair. Also, all children's hospital, one of the best children's hospitals in the country. You know, just got, my gotta hold it down for the Sun Coast, especially because I I left them again. You know, um, gotta let know let the world know where I stand. Uh, my Sun Coast bros. Um, anyway. Yeah, so, he moved back to 126 McDougal Street. Visit I, him. I wish I lived on 126 McDougal Street. McDougal Street is an uh, unbelievable. <laughs> what are you talking about? I wish. Um, anyway, <laughs> when you first started start saying an address, I'm like, "Fuck, is he gonna send my address?" And it's like, I didn't tell you my address. Yeah, um, yeah. So Shorna comes up and it's like, "What are you, What are you doing here?" And you know, yeah, he explains. Shorna gives the kid a cough drop, um, and she tells Monk to take a walk. Um, yeah. And Take a hike. Yeah, he doesn't want to. He says he feels a little sick. He wants to be admitted. Yeah. She says, okay, let me take your temperature with a thermometer. He opens his mouth. However, not that kind of thermometer, which, like, there's no way that that's the case. There's no way she's just walking around with a rectal thermometer. I understand what she's saying, but, like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Maybe she feels like he would, like, want the most accurate report. Is the, is the rectum the most accurate? Um, I'm just, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm going to look this up because I think this is important. Because if it is, then that's funny. That's that's comedy gold. What thermometer? It's more accurate. Mm-hmm. It's what thermometer? Damn. Rectal thermometers are the most accurate. <laughs> there you go. Man. It's kind of ironic because usually numbers you get that you pull out of someone's ass are inaccurate. Oh. So. Nice. Uh, Monk takes a walk, takes a walk, takes a walk. Uh, anyway, um, and we cut back to the station, um, and Disher's got a break that they think they identified the body, just based on circumstantial evidence of the fact that Zureva, um, I think it's her name. Larissa Zureva. Yeah, yes, Alyssa Zureva. I apologize. What is it one more time? Larissa Zureva. Larissa Zureva, right. Um, because she is from, uh, what is it? She's from Lithuania or Latvia? I forget. Yes, Lithuania. Lithuania, that's what I thought. Um, and she's like 26, like 27 or something like that. And, um, Disher's doing the thing where he makes the captain guess, like, 
guess where she's from? Right. The Baltimore. In the hopes that he gets it. Yep. Which one? Estonia. Latvia. Randy, Lithuania. Um, I'm impressed with Stalmeyer because I'm going to be honest with you. I could be wrong about this. I would estimate 70% of police officers couldn't name the Baltic states. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't have told you Lithuania was a Baltic state. I would have thought it was like Serbia, like Croatia. That's the Balkans. That's the Balkans. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, See, never mind. I was going to say the same thing. I was going to say a lot of people get them confused. The Baltic states yeah. are Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania. The Balkans are the former Yugoslav states along with like um, Albania. And Macedonia? Mason, uh, yeah. Um, anyway, um, which is now called North Macedonia, I think, because there's technically a Greek state called Macedonia. I don't like when countries change their names from what they were when I was 12 and memorized most of the countries of the world. It makes me really mad. Um, well, I'm sorry it inconveniences you. I mean, as opposed don't to get me started. Lives. On, don't even get me started on how the Czech Republic wants to be called Chechia now. Oh, they do? Apparently, which like I'm fine uh. with, but do that, you know, when I was 11. Anyway, um... So the problem is, and I think that this is a very interesting way to use DNA, because as Andy Breckman talked about when he was on here, he didn't like to do DNA tests, DNA as a plot point in live episodes, but I think there's a very interesting conceit of it where it's not about matching DNA from like the criminal, it's that they can't prove that it is um, Zuriyeva's body because they are, there's no existing DNA on file for her. Right. And I think that that's a very, that's, that's like a way to use DNA, but it's kind of like... Um, it's not as simple as just like putting something into a computer because it's it's actually not even about the actual DNA itself. It's about finding evidence of this person's existence. Correct. Yeah, that's an interesting spin on it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, apparently you know Monk nailed everything, and then we cut back to Monk walking. He's in a park. He sits mm-hmm. down on a bench. Uh, and there's a guy. Wait, hold on, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa, whoa. What did I miss? What did I miss? What did I miss? Okay, no, no, just the fact that, uh, I don't know, and I don't know how this happened, maybe you can explain it better, but uh, somehow they got a hold of the, his ex-wife, and she seems to think that oh, right, yeah. was involved. Yes, oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah right, right, sorry, yeah. Yeah, basically, yes, yeah, Larissa was their Paul, housekeeper. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, yes. Elizabeth was her housekeeper, he thinks that Paul's, she, his ex-wife thinks Paul's involved, and he also was a mountain climber, yes, I forgot about that. Uh, yeah. But so Monk's walking, he sits on a park bench, and there's a guy picking up trash, and Monk is an asshole, and it's like coughing, like, <clears throat> like basically trying to get him to pick up trash, get him to pick up a leaf. And the guy says, "You think you're better than me?" Yeah. And Monk is like, you know, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't, he says no. But the guy says, you know, I used to make two hundred ten thousand dollars a year, and then I made a mistake. What was that? I took a vacation for a week. When I came back, they realized they didn't need me anymore. Which sad story. Um, Seems flimsy. Yeah, I honestly have no idea what job you can have that gets you two hundred ten thousand dollars a year that doesn't give you skills that would make you employable. As, as like, there's no way that if you lose that job, you have to go all the way down to guy who cleans unless, up. Unless, unless, okay, I thought of a scenario. Mm-hmm. If you are like, if you work on commission and you work in like an assembly line and you mm-hmm. just fucking crush massive productions yourself. No, but he says he says he makes two hundred ten thousand dollars a year. Yeah. You, you wouldn't phrase it that way if you worked in commission. I know. I'm just like trying to like throw something. I understand. I, I completely understand. Um, but what this tells me is that this guy had a coke problem. Well, let's be honest. And he's just he's telling himself that like they he had a coke problem. They fired him for it. And like it's kind of the word around his industry. But in order to help himself, like you know, not think he has a problem, he tells himself it's all oh, because I took the damn vacation. Right, that's just me making shit up. Don't uh, done, there's nothing to suggest that in the episode. That was way worse than mine. Uh, I mean, I. And I'm very disappointed that I went first. Anyway, um, 
they interview Paul Harley at his house, and he is smug is thrown around a lot as a word. Uh, yeah. And it was meant to describe him. Yeah. Um, he insists that uh, she, Zariva, is alive and well, and, and in pouty. Yeah, she called him from the airport, apparently. Yes, at old Chucky de Gaulle. Um, yeah. And, you know, sometimes I think that's bullshit. Like, I know you killed her, which I appreciate. Like, there's not beating around the bush. It's like, this right. guy's so clearly guilty. Um, but then, there's uh, he gets word from Disher. Monk's here. Monk is in the garage. And Monk's doing My like question a- is, how the fuck did he get there? He walked. Remember he tells Dr. Gordy he walked for two hours? Yeah, no shit, but, like, how did he know? I, I don't know, honestly. That, some things just gotta chalk up to God. Um... But Monk does, like, a little dance around the, yeah. the garage. Clearly, you find out later he's looking for traces of her. Um, and uh, Steinmark comes in, and he's like, Monk, what are you doing here? You know, you don't get yeah, yeah, all that. And Monk points yep. out that this garage has been cleaned with bleach. Right. He notices it's been cleaned, and, you know, he's, like, doing his old rigmarole and trying to look around. And Paul shows up. And, you know, continues being a smug bastard. And Monk, you know, considering, you know, he's uh, not working right now, he just steps right back into it very mm-hmm. naturally. As a matter of fact, he gets, like, a little more assertive than he usually does mm-hmm. and just directly confronts the guy. Even yeah. though, like, usually he says that for, like, people he has a mm-hmm. personal, like, beef. Yeah. Yeah. I think that he's kind of uh, channeling his aggression where towards this guy, which, no complaints, he chainsawed a woman. Um, right. But, uh, because he's basically like, do you own a chainsaw, Paul? He's like, no, I don't. Of course, there's an old chain for a chainsaw, like a replacement chain, and right. a spot on, like, the hang, on, like, his wall for a chainsaw. So, like, that's what, if you're Paul at that point, and you're asked, do you own a chainsaw? You say something like, I used to, I think I lost it, like, a year ago. You get out ahead of that. You don't say no. Because clearly he's not just asking that for his health. He clearly yeah. has some reason to believe the other chainsaw. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. He's, like, really stupid about it. And, like, at this point, you would think, you know, you'd, uh, like, take off to Paris, maybe, and uh, join his his beloved if mm-hmm. she were actually there. Yeah. Um, he's just doing a real bad job. Yeah. But, unfortunately for Monk, the commissioner showed up. Disher's got to take him out the back. Yep. Um, and, you know, Monk, is he's still, he's still hyped up. He's like, I got to nail this guy. Then we go to Dr. Kroger. Our good friend, Dr. Charles Kroger, um, who, you know, he's, his advice is really spot on. He says to Monk, maybe it's a blessing about him being fired, and, like, don't lie to your patient, Doc. Like, do you know that's not true? And in this case, it's not. I'll say when I got fired from my previous job, mm-hmm. it led to my current job, that, mm-hmm. you know, it's great. Oh, there um, definitely are times where losing a job is a blessing. Yeah, yeah, but... This is Monk, not for Monk. <laughs> no, this is not. You're right. And, um, and so, like, Kroger tries to, like, spin it. Yeah, he tries to be, like, spin it to be positive. And uh, he asks Monk, like, hey, do you do you think that this actually, like, No, he, cause I actually like the way that this line is phrased where it's... Um, How do you say it? You know, he says, you know, one of my favorite phrases is uh, when God closes a window, he opens up a door. Mm. Do you believe that? And then Monk goes, do I believe that's one of your favorite phrases? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, apparently Sharona got Monk a job interview as a fact checker for a magazine. Um, yeah. And Dr. Kroger's like, all right, let's practice. I'm going to pretend to be the interviewer. And uh, Monk says, and who do I pretend to be? Great line. Um, yeah. 
and you know he asked him to tell him about himself and he's like my wife was murdered seven years ago i've been hunting their killers yada 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 there was a car bomb um yeah just good stuff uh good kroger yeah. stuff that, the, the kroger scenes always are good um yeah he keeps focusing on the car bomb and, yeah. and kroger like, don't say car bomb like, and then monk says i'll just say bomb god that's just great stuff um yeah. and we cut back to the station and um you know, the documentary's still being filmed, and the commissioner's on line one for Leland Stottmeyer. Yep. And, uh... He's sounding off in the comments. Yeah, that's exactly what he's saying. T- tell me a little bit, what, 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 what's, what's the gist of what he's saying? Basically, he's just, like, he has a press conference coming up in a couple of days, do they have a suspect, like, what the hell is going on, and Leland says, no, we don't, I mean, we have a suspect, but we don't have anything connecting him to... It's all circumstantial evidence. Yeah, it's all circumstantial, so... Uh, the guy's just losing it and basically telling him, like, find out, like, get it, get, get it done, or I'll find someone who can. Click. Bam. And then, uh, Leland asks for Disher and the guy operating the boom mic to leave the room, just so he can talk. He's him Boomer. Yeah, Boomer. Um, talk one-on-one with his beloved. And this made me realize that there, I'm a huge fan of... Any, I mean, I don't watch a ton of documentaries, to be honest with you. But I like when, like, documentaries or other things like it, like other nonfiction stories, are supposed to be about one thing, but they end up being about something else. Like, mm-hmm. and I think that there could be a very interesting documentary about a documentarian who's married to a police officer, I mean, a police captain, how she is, like, filming him for a documentary, but because of the strainedness of it, their marriage falls apart on camera. That would be a good documentary. I, I mean, that's much more interesting than just police work, you know? That's true. But anyway, so Karen's we filming this end of, we, could, we could call it End of Watch. You, you could call it that. Um, I've never seen that movie because I saw uh, Suicide Squad, and I don't care that David Ayer apparently made good movies before. I don't, you know, I don't... If I go to a restaurant and that's five stars and I get food poisoning, I don't care that other people say that the rest of the food's good, you know? Um... Anyway, uh, I feel like that metaphor Fair. works. Um, that, uh, but Karen, so Karen's filming this all, and basically he's basically this is a bad idea. Like, you know, um, he's having a meltdown. Yeah, and she's filming it all, and he's not very happy about it. But she is right that, that that's good stuff. That's what the, that's where it gets real. It's raw. It's true, but I guess that's like you as like a media person. I thought she was kind of being, like, fucking mean. Honestly. I mean, she is being mean, but she's not being a good wife. But right. in terms of if this is a good documentary, like, I wouldn't do that to someone. But I also wouldn't do a documentary about someone I loved because, I mean, one of my – a flaw about me is that I actually have no interest in watching a documentary that it doesn't tear someone down. <laughs> if a documentary is about a person, I have no desire. If I, like, if I see, like, a documentary is, like – produced by like the brother of the subject it's like i have no fucking interest like i just i, I and it's that's so bad that's not good because it's not it's not a, a good thing that i only want to watch people like get torn down but um yeah i just like i remember there's that kurt cobain documentary where it's like produced by francis bean cobain it's like i want to see the documentary talking about how much of a scumbag kurt cobain is i want to see how cool he was um anyway. would you say would you say if you had the choice between your own success or other people's failures which one would you pick i would pick my own success because I don't care that much about any other specific people. Like, there's no, there's not really any specific people I want to fail. Um, I just am not... I guess the thing is that 
as I did the podcast Sword History, I just am so interested in salacious details that, like, I can't help myself. Like, I just, I, I, I just am more interested in, like, would I rather see a, a failure story than a success story? A hundred times out of a hundred. Now, that's not a good thing, but, like, a hundred percent. Like, I, anytime there's, like, a big tech company that, like, loses all this money, like, I, I was just, I was consuming every article about WeWork, like, nonstop. Remember that, all, all that stuff? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Anything like that. Um, I'll watch anything about uh, some tech guy losing everything. Um, unfortunately, he, they don't, the tech guys don't lose everything. Their employees lose everything. But um, yes. anyway, so Monk goes to his job interview, and he apparently has the neatest handwriting in the world because, of course, he does. Yeah, she thinks he typed it. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how neat is your handwriting, Andre? It's horrible. Mine's not bad. I've been told that my uppercase G is amazing. Um, I don't know how to write in cursive anymore. I know. I think I can still write almost uh, mostly in cursive. There's some letters where I'm not 100 percent sure on, but um, I'm not talking about cursive. Who the hell writes in cursive anymore? No, um, I know, but like just just an example. Yeah, but like I the big thing just to talk, go back to my uppercase G. I do use some serif when I do an uppercase G. Um, not to brag, like I do the I go do like a six, but then I also go back out and do down like that, which is completely unnecessary. But you know. Uh, all right, good for you. Go off, King. I mean, I mean, yeah, you know, um, shouts to all my other homies who write their e, capital E's like backwards threes. Anyway, um, Ooh, what? That's stupid. No, it's not. Yeah, is what it, is this? Like the Walt Disney Company? Like, I mean, yeah, that up. is what it looks like. Grow um, up. Okay, fair. <laughs> I am the one bragging about my handwriting, which once again is not good. It's just you know. Um, anyway, so Sharona told told Monk to open with a joke. So what does he 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 tells a joke, which is of course from I, I, it's from Marmaduke. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't hear the joke, and I certainly didn't get it. Um, oh, it's really easy. Well, one, it's a good callback because as we learned, Miss Monk of the Paperboy, Monk loves Marmaduke. Um, right. Yes. Um, that because he's like he's this dog who's he's really big, and in today's he got stuck in uh, he got stuck in the doorway of his uh, his doghouse. And his owner said, "Oh, at least you're stuck uh, the going uh, the right way this time, or something like that." Implying that, like the last time he got stuck, his butt was sticking out. I believe is the joke, um, which that's a shit joke. It is, but it also is a Marmaduke. So okay, true. You know, you're. Th- does she like it though? Does the interviewer? I like mean, it? I think she thinks that he's kind of interesting and like fun. Like clearly, he's trying, and it's um, anyway. Um, she asked what his greatest strength is. Also, it's important to keep he's try he's his chair is unbalanced this whole time. Um, so yeah, so he's like wiggling around, yeah. freaking out about he's it. He's asked what his fa- his greatest strength is, and he takes a minute to say it, which is his greatest strength is, of course, his decisiveness. Yeah, which, obviously. Which thing is that joke? I like the idea of it. However, there's it. It feels completely out of left field because it doesn't feel like. Even if Monk actually was decisive in that moment, Monk wouldn't say that that's his greatest strength because it's not his greatest strength. And I don't know, like, you know what I mean? It feels like he only said that for the joke as opposed to, like, him actually saying what his greatest strength is, you know? Like, right. Because right. Monk is never decisive. And Monk also is not, like, Monk is kind of oblivious about his flaws, but he's not that oblivious about his flaws that he would think his greatest strength is decisiveness. But True. he doesn't get the job for that reason. He gets the job because apparently he went to the library and checked out one of their magazines and... 
Yeah, he gave her like seven pages of notes from just one issue. Yes. Um, and he says it's a gift and a curse. Yep. And um, he asks, if I were to get the job, would this be my chair? And she says, not while I'm here. So, I don't know, whatever Monk did. I mean, he's really good at fact-checking. This woman likes him. And shouts to this woman for having an open mind. I mean, she doesn't laugh him out of the room. She's patient. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, clearly she's she's good at what she does, so. Yeah, kudos. Well I mean, he'd be the greatest fact-checker of all time. Damn yeah. you if you don't see that talent. Exactly. So, Shorana shows up at Monk's place with groceries. She finds the sink in the bathrooms on. And Monk is staring at a wall, a la the Blair Witch Project. And yep. he's really sad. Yeah, because it's like, uh, you know, it's the end of an era for well, him. Well, no, no, because you don't know this at the time. Because she's like, you know, there's a bunch of different jobs. Like, I'm, right. you know, And he's like, no, I got the job. Yeah. And it's, what is it, $42,000 a year with four weeks vacation and medical. Um, yeah. Which in San Francisco, fucking woof. Yeah, I know. But... You know, I don't know. I assume maybe he's got some pension from police. Nah, uh, maybe it was just like a different time. You could probably yeah. afford it then. Yeah, that's true. Um, and Sharona is very mad because she asked, did you tell her the Marmaduke joke? Which, like, why are you mad about that? Clearly he got the job. Clearly it worked. Um, was she mad about that? I thought yeah. she was mad about the fact that he got, like, a pretty Well, he's mad job. about that, too. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the night. That's the next bit. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. She, which, I think that this is another. I mean, you, I'm on the record about how I feel like Sharona is bad at being a nurse. But your patient's clearly in, like, a crisis, and you're complaining that, like, his job is better than yours, that like, she's jealous about his job? Yeah, like, dude, nurses make a shitload of money. Like, fucking relax. And also, more importantly, you're his nurse. Like, right. find some other time to be jealous about the fact that he gets medical. True, uh, yeah. Um, but then she becomes supportive. Yes, yes, because he is, like, and this is not like he's, like, I'm a cop, I'm a detective, this is all I ever wanted to do. Um... And, you know, he looks over the papers like, I don't want to be solving things. Like, even like, the stupid story of the Mad Hatter. And right. he's like, what's the Mad Hatter? And Shorn explains that apparently the guy who tried to steal the commissioner's hat previously tried to steal it again, but then he dropped it. Um, and Monk realized he solved the case. Yep. And what does he do? What, what does he treat the audience to? He does a little jig. Now, what did you think about his little jig? It wasn't bad. I thought it'd be worse, personally. Yeah, because yeah, was like, it's not a jig. Which, like, Shorna, you don't get to find where the jig is. You know, like... Yeah, we've seen you dance on this show. It wasn't that impressive. Exactly. And, and I'm not interested specifically with her, though. I mean, no one defines what a jig is. A jig is in your soul, man. Like, just lay off. There you go. Um, and so then we cut to the the final scene. Like the Well, not the final scene, but, like, the, the big payoff. The wrap-up. Yes, they're in... The uh, like the police department, the film crew's there, and they're waiting for the commissioner to get there. The commissioner gets there, and um, you know I'll help you out when you need filling in. But what what happened? All right, <clears throat> so it was it was your boy Paul Harley. Sure enough. Damn it! I hate how I got assigned him this time. I, I yeah. I, I got us the murder. I always got to say your boy first. We, one of us has to get to it first. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he uh, he yeah he killed her uh, apparently for reasons you laid out previously that were mm-hmm. anonymous. Also, to me. once again, just like a general murderer vibe, you don't need that much. Right. So what we find out is that the 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 fire at the the wig shop mm-hmm. it's connected because 
we saw previously like they saw pictures of her and she had just gotten her hair cut like mm-hmm. she had her hair longer so she donated mm-hmm. it to that hair outlet um and <clears throat> so you know we know that he killed her he got he took her head so that they wouldn't identify her and he realized that she had donated her hair at some point to that wig shop so they made something with it and so he went to go to the wig shop to you know try to get it back uh, I guess he came across the owner. It didn't go very well. So he, he couldn't find the wig, but he found, like, receipts showing mm-hmm. who bought it and whatever the hell. So that's how he found out that the commissioner has got a piece on. Yeah. And, it's, and he burned down the wig factory. Yeah, um, he burned down the wig now, factory and the guy I was going to say, this episode goes down a full half point for me because the explanation that some of the record survived is just, like, really? How? Yeah, exactly. Like... Of all the different ways, you know what? You know, be a great way to do it. For example, what if there is, and this is just you know off the top of my head, that you know um, they have no, uh, they they don't have the a name of where the hair was donated, but like they have um, a number corresponding with it, and they need to find it. And the commissioner's like, we know you have somewhere in your home. Like, like if there, if there's just some piece of evidence outside of it, because like I don't mind the idea that it wasn't that he wasn't successful in getting rid of all the records, because that would make sense. Because Paul was not the owner of the wig shop, he would not know where all the records were. But like just the idea that some of them survived, as opposed to there being another explanation, it just I don't know is lazy. Especially because like the one thing he's trying to burn is the records about her hair. Um, right. Yeah. It's not a clever way like that one episode in the law office where mm-hmm. he took the wrong. Thing, mm-hmm. like the wrong case mm-hmm. like that that was better uh but anyway so the so her hair is technically in his in his piece he denies it because obviously this whole thing is being filmed mm-hmm. and uh and basically paul harley in order to cover his tracks he found out that it went to the police chief so he's been the one that's been trying, trying to, to steal his hair he thinks yes. everyone thinks he's trying to steal his hat he's actually trying to steal his hair right so, you know, he's trying to wiggle out of, like, them taking off his hair, and then Sharona finally takes it upon herself yeah. and fucking because rips Stahmeier, it off. Because tries to do it, and he can't get it off. And basically, right. um, the commissioner's like to Monk, like, you're dead, you're done, you know, and if, Captain, you're finished, or whatever. And Monk points out something, which is true, and this should, he absolutely should lose his job. He is prepared to let a double murderer walk because he's insecure yes. about going bald. Yep. That is... So le- legitimately morally reprehensible, like, yeah, on like a double murderer, a double murderer, a woman was chopped up into bits and dumped into the bay. Yeah, no, yeah, it's, there's no way to explain it. I mean, there's uh, a way to explain yeah. it. No, the, the thing is, it's really morally reprehensible. I believe it though. Like, I believe that someone would be that much of a dick because people are yeah. dicks, <laughs> and we've seen an example of it. Yeah, exactly. The whole episode. Exactly. Yeah. So then they take it off his head and bam, there it is. And you know, and you know, he's obviously embarrassed, and uh, you know, he doesn't want the footage to get out there. And you know, Starmar's like, you know, there's something you can do for me. And uh, he's like, you remember Adrian Monk? And you know, so you get the idea he's gonna get back on back as a consultant. You know, because um, he has license reinstated. Yes. And uh, then we cut to the end scene, which is them. They're at Paul Harley's house. Knock on the door. They're being filmed. Um, they give him the warrant for his arrest, uh, and Randy does a monologue about good and evil and about how he doesn't care if he dies, which is just all yeah. great. I really don't. I can't summarize it, but it really it feels like he predated the Matthew McConaughey Lincoln commercials. 
Yeah, no, he did it. He did a good job. He's hamming it up. Good on him. Very Kenneth Branagh of him. Oh wow, that's exactly what I was thinking about. I was thinking about great Shakespearean actor Kenneth Branagh. Um, yeah. How crazy is it that Kenneth Branagh directed? He directed the, the first Thor movie and then uh, the Chris Pine Jack Ryan movie. Just truly wild shit from Kenneth Branagh. Um, yeah. No, I know. Should have been Kevin Klein. Wait, what? Should have been Kevin Klein. He should. I don't get what that means. For the longest time, I used to switch them up. Oh well, that they. I mean, I, 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 I could see how you would do that, but it's also not intuitive enough where I would know that that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Kevin Klein, you watched Dave yet? No, but apparently everyone. It's yeah. The talk of the town. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So last episode, guys, I don't know if you, if you listened to it. We I, I mentioned the uh, Kevin Klein comedy classic. One of sincerely probably top comedy 50. classic to you. I mean, it actually is like it's it's really well remembered and clearly a more people saw it than you think because it was referenced quite a bit this weekend because our um, our very large president Donald Trump um, obviously was in the hospital and lots of people were making jokes about whether or not he was going to get daved because that is of course a body switch president movie um, and yeah I mean almost it's a comedy classic uh, you know I don't need to I don't need to hedge that. I need to see it. Like, it is, it's directed by Ivan Reitman, and it was before he stopped being good at making movies, so, Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it is a movie, and the reason why Kevin Klein, Kevin Klein's unbelievable in it, because it's one of those movies that is so, on paper, is so sappy and sentimental and dumb that you need someone who plays it completely sincerely in order for it to work. You know what I'm talking about? This movie, like, this movie really should just be the most cheesy bullshit I've ever seen in my life. But because the guy, the actor, actually kind of says it without any sense of irony, it works. Anyway. Um, is it like Welcome to Marwin? No, because that movie apparently is terrible. Um, <laughs> I've never seen it. Neither have I. Apparently it's terrible, though. I mean, Dave was nominated for Oscars. I don't need to... Wait, was that Ivan Raymond? No, Welcome to Marwin was Bob Zemeckis. Oh, okay. I always... Okay. They're, like, in the similar, like... I uh, guess so, yeah. I mean, I also I don't know how to call him Bob. I, people call him Bob, but I don't know Yeah, what like the that. fuck? I mean, don't worry. He does go by Bob. Like, that is, like, a thing that he... That is... It's, like, a Marty Scorsese type thing. But I don't know Robert Zemeckis like that. But, um... No. Ivan Reitman hasn't directed a movie since 2014's Draft Day. Um... Wow. Yeah. Uh... Yeah. Anyway. Um, whereas Robert Zemeckis so- has a movie coming out on HBO Max in, like, two weeks. So... Um, can't anyway. wait. Yeah, I'm probably not going to watch it. Um, anyway, so that's the end of the episode. What would you give it out of 10? I gave it a 7.5. So did I. Uh, it would have been an 8 once again, but the file surviving was a bridge too far for me. Um, yeah, uh, but I did like Monk crushing it on that job interview. Oh, and, uh, I mean, it, 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 I mean I'll, for the record, that's where I learned that decimate technically means... Uh, to destroy one tenth of, which everyone uses it wrong because yes, correct. People absolutely say decimate to mean much more than that, um, and uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, this has been No Fun with Strictly Munkin. Follow the show at Strictly Munkin. Andre, where can people follow you? You can follow me at Andre Barrera, and you can follow me at the J Christie. Please keep uh, liking, subscribing, um, reviewing the show. Um, 
I'll have other people look at the reviews and tell me if there are any interesting ones. So if you want, if you have some thoughts, let us know in the reviews. Like I said, I'm not gonna read them myself because as I've been over before, someone once told me that I lack the qualities that make someone a person, and I stopped reading reviews at that time. Um, I'll let them know. Thank you. Uh, what was he say? I mean, there's some. Good, although there were, I didn't actually read them myself, but on the Marvel Cinematic University pod, there is a classic review that we talk about a lot, where um, when Nitz was on full time. Uh, someone said, like, I love Nitz on the pod. I love the way she sasses the guys, which is just truly one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. Um, um, yes. Uh, She's an angel. She is. And that guy was something on Maine. Anyway. Um, yep. <laughs> just, um, it's just truly, just the levels... The police need to take him away. He's busted the clown to be taken away. But that that brother's starving. Yes, exactly. Um, the word I'm not saying is horny, by the way. He was horny on me. And I don't know why. I'm, like, it's not a bad word. Um, anyway. Uh, but yeah, keep sharing the show with people. Um, and if you have not seen it, watch the 1993 comedy classic, Dave. It's honestly really good. Um, I'm yeah. considering it, honestly. I, I don't know where to stream it, but like, it's really the movie. Ving Rhames is in it. Frank Langella is, like, on level 11 during the whole thing. Ben Kingsley okay. plays the vice president who's, like, the, from the South, and you believe it, because Ben Kingsley can play anyone. Um, he's the Mandarin, baby. He is the Mandarin. Don't you forget it. He actually is the Mandarin. He is definitely not an out-of-work British actor. Um, yep. But, yeah. But above all that, tune in next week as we talk about Mr. Monk meets The Godfather. Hey, oh, hey, hey, let's get monkey. 